welcome to Age of Geek Podcast. I'm Robert. That's I'm Colin. Colin. That's that's Ty. And well, this way, our special guest tonight <laughs> is Adam McDonald from Big Movie Mouth Off. It's like, oh wait, it's all backwards. Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. How are you all doing this evening? Great. Back. I'm pretty good. Pretty happy to be back on Age of Geek. I mean, well, talking we're happy Disney. To have you back. How can and how we're can talking Disney stuff, which you, I know you hate. So I'm sorry that we had to drag you into this. <laughs> cool. Also, uh, by the way, thanks for having me on. This is fun. So, oh, thank you very much for uh, for coming on and uh, talking Lorcana with those of us who are still going. Well, I got cards, <laughs> so I appreciate it. You know, look forward to learning a bit more about gameplay, and I know that you and Ty can just pretty much uh, take over at that point. Just be like, yeah. Here's everything you ever needed to know about this game, and then so. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Before we get started, let's see, I wanted to co- cover a couple of news things. One, uh, this week is the week that FanX for the people in Salt Lake City gets started. So it's FanX Comic Convention, Hello. which will be running Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Calvin Rampton Salt Palace Conference Center. That's a mouthful. Um, you'll able, be able to see, I believe all of us are going to be there uh, on various and sundry panels this year you know catch us if you see any of us walking around please say hi we love meeting uh people who listen to the podcast and uh our fellow geeks so please make sure that you do that do any of you have uh particular panels that you'd like to plug while we have the uh have a minute surprisingly i'm not doing any disney ones this year wow who are you? Yeah, you there seems to be a lack of Disney panels this year. That's what I'm feeling. The, and I even I only a saw like two, I think. Yeah, and one of them is like uh, Provost Park Pass, and so I don't hmm. know that that well, like it counts as a panel, but like it's but does it's, it? It's a YouTube <laughs> panel. So no, that's yeah, the two that I'm on this year for Wizarding World, and then I they accepted one of my horror panels that we're doing Fantastic Flicks on Saturday night. So that one's going to be fun. I mean, technically, we have a a Disney adjacent one with uh, the MCU, the pre MCU movies. Now that they were formerly Fox, now now Disney. So we do have a Disney adjacent panel for the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly 2003 pre MCU Marvel movies, taking a look at Daredevil, Ang Lee's Hulk, and X two. Hmm. There's no blade in that, Robert. I thought you were gonna like again. I told you, 2003. Neither yeah, blade no. nor Ghost Rider. <laughs> I don't think oh, we have to worry too Ghost much Rider. about Ghost Rider, but I, I do like <laughs> I do like the Blade movies. And the hill I will die on is that Blade Two is the best of them. I will That's... join you. I will join you. Not, not Trinity. <laughs> you no? have my no. sword. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean Van Wilder, Vampire Hunter? So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> uh, sadly, this year I don't have any panels, uh, but you know what? It happens sometimes. So maybe next year I'll be on some ones and maybe be on some ones with you. I mean, Colin, you and I had fun at ours. So that oh, was, yeah. uh, no, that that was a great video experience. Game one, I'm surprised they didn't bring it back. I'm surprised too. I'm still but, offended. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we still have our private group chat. We've all become good friends and we'll That's always true. have Tom Holland. Wow, I feel like I missed something there. It's it's an inside joke. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. That's okay. I'll just I'll just sit in my corner and be like, I missed that. So (laughs) the brief story was it was video game movie adaptations, and so we started out with Uncharted, and people were complaining about uh, Tom Holland being Nathan Drake. Well, then we kept on making jokes the whole entire pot the 
panel about Tom Holland being in different roles. And it ended with our friend Jenna Rose saying that he is going to be all the Tetris pieces in the Tetris movie. <laughs> and we just, and that was the best ending of any panel I've ever been on. And we, yes. so if you ever see Tom Holland GIFs on my Facebook page for me and my friend Jenna, that is why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> you know why. Duly noted. It was fantastic. Uh, I've only got uh, two panels this year. Both are on Thursday. Uh, the Rise and Downfall of the Arrowverse. Robert's on that one. And I'm also doing one. Oh, I can't remember the title. Oh, no. it's, a, it's a Star Wars one. Basically about how everyone is wrong and the prequels are fantastic. Wow. Hey, I'm going to that, I guess. I'm going to go. As you should. I'll chime, I'll chime in on that a lot. Right? <laughs> um, I've got three. I've got uh, the Rise and Fall of the Arrowverse with Colin. On Thursday, I have... Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly MC, uh, pre-MCU movies on Friday and Saturday, Deep Space Nine 30th anniversary, because Deep Space Nine, enough said. You know, I realize I've been remiss in my Star Trek watching because I've not seen all of Deep Space Nine. I do love it. I think the characters are amazing. I just, as a kid growing up, my dad, I remember very specifically, we'd watch the original series, like every single Saturday, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then I got into Next Gen and my parents didn't care, but um, so I, I do need to go back and and revisit that because the episodes I've seen are amazing. I, I'm not going to say that DS9 is my is my uh, warm fuzzy spot in Star Trek. Uh, I grew up watching T, uh, the original series and TNG. Well, grew up watching reruns of the original series. I'm not quite that old. Um, and then TNG when it came out and oh, Voyager and Enterprise. Uh, but DS9 was, <laughs> was definitely my, my warm fuzzy spot in space for Star Trek. Um, all those, the newer shows, uh, Lower Decks and uh, even Prodigy and Strange New Worlds, I'm really loving. Mm-hmm, me too. They were just, it's fun to watch Star Trek again. And, and I will admit that uh, Deep Space Nine got, went and stayed dark for a while with the uh, Dominion War. But the character development and just the overall storytelling in it was really well done and fantastic. So um, there was that. Uh, we had a new trailer drop in the past, I think, just over a week, with uh, the new Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom trailer. Eh. And I didn't realize that actually dropped. I don't. Yeah. Not that I really care because it's. I mean, the universe is destroyed anyway. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's, and that's the thing for me is I'm not sure what they're planning to do because it it has Aquaman. Who we just saw in the in the Flash movie, um, and they haven't said you know what's happening going forward, and I'm still just kind of just it's riding out, out the wave. Of, oh wow, I just made a horrible pun of riding out the wave, <laughs> and I'm going to ex- totally own that one um, of the last gasp of the DCEU pre James Gunn. Um, however, I will say that I I have lost a little bit of faith in Gunn after the Flash movie, when he was like, this is the best superhero movie I've ever seen. I'm like, I can think of a few others, including yeah. some horrible ones to put in front of this one. I, I, feel, I though, would put Daredevil ahead of that one. You know what? Having just watched Daredevil <laughs> today, and not, no, I'm sorry, last night, and it wasn't even the director's cut, which is the much better version yes. of that movie. And I can't remember what it is that the director cut fixed in that movie, but it's the tighter of the two, of the between the two cuts. Daredevil had its moments, and then it just kind of went, we're just going to lean into this, and went not quite off the rails, 
but it was super elevated in a couple of spots. I don't know. I feel like the James Gunn statements were because someone in Warner's was like, get out there, say something nice. I don't feel like it was and I buy his, his pure uh, thoughts. Yeah. I saw some weird article. I didn't read it uh, about the director of the new Aquaman talking about the third one. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't seem like it's falling in uh, in the gun verse. I'm going to call it. So, <laughs> yeah, the gun verse. I'm good with that title. <laughs> the Gunverse. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, but the trailer looked interesting. It's, um, it's you know, somebody noted that you know he mentioned that he's a father, and they are possibly using the child, putting the child in danger as a trope. And I'm like, do you all remember when they actually had the baby and what Black Manta did to the baby in the comics? And everybody just kind of went silent because nobody remembered that Black Manta killed Aquaman's son. And it made the books, or at least the character, really dark for a bit. So I don't know that they want to go quite that route with this movie. But I would say that it's on the table. I mean, I'll see it. I kind of have to. It's my job. So (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the weird thing is, uh, ever since The Flash, Warner Brothers has not been screening stuff for us. Like, they didn't screen Barbie, they didn't screen a ton of stuff, so those have all been kind of on my own going and seeing stuff, but, um, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, I miss going to pre-screening of movies. I mean, if you ask me nicely, you can come with. (laughs) Oh, shucks. (laughs) I do have some clout in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then a bit of gaming news. Uh, Unity developer of one of the game engines that is behind many popular games has decided to change their uh, model for business in what some would say is a way to shoot yourself in the foot easily by going to a per install model and like every time somebody installs whether it's hey my, my computer crashed I had to rebuild it install it and then charging back for those charging the developers back for each new installation of a game which has the industry a little bit up in arms understandably that is developing and it'll be interesting to see how both sides respond whether the developers are like so we will just be over here doing our other thing with this new engine we will recode everything if we have to or if unity has a uh, you know a rectal craniotomy and finally sees daylight and goes we were wrong um, so interestingly enough, just uh, two hours ago, Unity did put out a statement about it, and it says they've apologized for the quote-unquote confusion and angst the runtime fee policy has caused, and it will be making changes to it. So we'll see what that means in the next couple days. All right. Well, then right. we'll see what Unity pulls out of thin air again. And with that business out of the way, we are going to be talking about Disney Lorcana. I uh, just had a, a pack of the cards right here. Uh, this is Disney's new trading card game. I've, I've been referring to it as Disney the Inkening. Um, <laughs> was that package unopened? I was about to say, Robert, unopened. was that an unopened yes. package? Could Why you is like... that? Because I just got my packs yesterday. That's worth Hang, so much money. On, I'll, like... I'll, I'll be right there, Robert. <laughs> I'm like itching to see what's in that. So you want to yeah, have to do a live quick. opening of that. <laughs> I, I could I could do a live opening after we finish talking about the game event. How about that? Like, you'll pull the enchanted Elsa and we're all gonna hate you. Right. So, that's okay. that's because you don't hate me already. I know. I what know. we're aiming for is the enchanted Elsa being pulled on this episode right now. Yes. Well then we're just gonna have to use that suspense to, to have people hold on throughout the episode. Oh, man. <laughs> and all we'll, right. that will be our closer. Here we go. 
All right. <laughs> so um, I am going to take a back seat here and let Adam and Ty jump in as they are our, our SMEs on this, and they can tell us everything and then some about the game. Uh, Adam and Ty, have at it. First off, Adam, what uh, what inks are you playing? Uh, so the the deck I'm maining right now is uh, Amethyst uh, Sapphire. Okay. So it's really working. So for those who, if you've played Magic, yeah, let's the explain. Gathering, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> let's let's start off with what is Disney Lorcana? So you basically play this person called an Illumineer, and you're going through the world of Lorcana, do going on quests. And the way this works is it's very family friendly. Unlike you know, in Magic the Gathering, you're trying to reduce their life total from 20 to zero. Whereas in Lorcana, you're going on quests with these characters called Glimmers. So like Mickey Mouse and Aurora and Lilo and Stitch and all those things. And they go on quests to get 20 lore points. So very rich different as far as they're, they're really playing to the family friendly side of it. And then, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different colors. Each color has its own kind of uh, strength and theme. Yeah. So we got like the Ruby and you've got Emerald uh, and you can see all the different characters, and uh, basically you can challenge each other. So if you've gone on a quest or challenged someone, you can challenge them back. Uh, characters get banished. They don't die, because we don't die in the Disney world. Uh, and all kinds of cool stuff out there. It's still very, very in its infancy. In fact, they just released the uh, competitive play rules about last week, uh, yeah. which is very, again, very similar to Magic. If, if you've ever played Magic, you'll know the rules. But that being said, it's also very, very hard as a Magic judge myself not to use the wrong words. So you exert, you don't tap, you banish, you don't die. But it's uh, it's been a ton of fun, and there's a lot more depth to it than I think people realize because they think, oh, it's a Disney product, it's Ravensburger. If you go to Target, you've seen all their games. Uh, there's a lot there, and I'm really excited to see where they take it in the next uh, couple years. That's the fun thing where, like you said, you're in the role of the Illumineer where if you get a little bit more in-depth in this game, the Illumineer has the power to summon Disney characters from across the different universes to appear in your uh, duels. Mm -hmm. So I personally, that's, you know, I've got some little kids, my seven-year-old, I'm going to start trying to get her into League Night because we have a few other younger kids that come to the shop that I'm playing at. And I became that meme on Reddit where they said, there's going to be some guy making a little girl cry. And the parents are going to be sitting there wondering, why is this adult man playing a card game with Disney princesses? I literally became that meme last week. Yeah, that was me. I got paired up with the eight-year-old little girl. And do you think I went easy on her? No, I did not. It's a learning moment. There you go. <laughs> Destroyed very swiftly. I was cordial though, and her mom was sitting right next to me, so I was trying to make nice conversation, and I was very, very mild with it. But yeah, no, this you is broke fun. this little girl, and I'm just excited to see where we go with this. There's a few things I dislike already about the game, but I'm very excited to see where we go with it. Well, we did just get spoiler season for the next uh, expansion, Rise of the Floodborne. Yeah. And some of those cards, I'm seeing them, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is insane. Like, we were talking earlier off uh, off air about Magic the Gathering. I'm like, is this like the Urza block? Because these cards are stupidly powerful. <laughs> and so we say Floodborne. This is another cool thing that we can get into is these cards and characters are broken into three different categories, no matter their, you know, ink, color, status. 
you have the storyborn heroes, which so like this Jasper, he appears and he looks exactly as if he would from his normal Disney story. The storyborn, that's what they look like. The dreamborn are characters that are slightly different. Adam's got a card right. This Hercules, who is donning the scar uh, fur, you know, when he's getting his painting done in the movie. Dreamborns are basically what the Illuminaire can dream them up to be. So they can have subtle differences. They can have, you know, characteristics that are exaggerated a little bit. But then we get to what is called the Floodborn. These characters are really interesting because these are born out of the magic of Lorcana. So they can be completely reimagined, look different, and just have an all-around different vibe about them. Like from the new uh, Rise of the Floodborne series, we've got some teasers. One of the cards being Gaston, but it's Gaston who looks like he's really smart. He has a chalkboard with a bunch of algorithms, some books stacked up, and that's he pretty much looks the way that he would be if he was in Bell's, you know, intellectual pool. Mm-hmm. But that's the Floodborn, our characters reimagined and born from the pure magic of the Lorcani universe. Yeah, I'm trying to find some pictures. Like, you've got, like, giant Tinkerbell. Or like yeah, like giant that, Tinkerbell so. is, like, one of my favorite newer characters. But, pull one up right here. So yeah, that's that's giant Tinkerbell. Okay, and she oh is my. huge. Yes. Yeah, the the giant fairy. Okay, and they, they haven't really like said much about down the road if these are going to be more important as far as cards that will interact with a very specific version of a floodborn, dreamborn, or storyborn. Uh, I would be surprised if that didn't come into play. But yeah, it is really cool to see, like I said, giant Tinkerbell or smart Gaston or things that never would have existed in the real thing. So they're definitely having a lot of fun with the different cards and how they interact and do things. And I mean, I'm a Disney fan, so I had, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So this now I makes think... me wonder, are they going to start pulling in the other Disney extension universes at some point as well? Like their Marvel, their Fox content, etc. So... I, I actually I think we'll get Pixar for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty I sure. interviewed a couple people on the opening night. We did a big event over at Moonweight Games. I interviewed a few people, and that's a few people showed up with, you know, their Star Wars or their Marvel apparel. And I was like, okay, we're here, we're playing. You've got your decks, your cards. What do you feel? Do you think that Disney will add the properties? And the majority of people that I talked to, either said, I don't think they will. I think they're going to stay with the classic Disney niche that they have. And some of the other people, myself included, were saying, we absolutely hope they do not pull like Marvel or Star Wars. I feel like it almost cheapens it. Yeah. If they pull in those. You have way too many good properties to keep, you know, that classic Disney vibe going. Which my first one that I said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I have to get some Nightmare Before Christmas characters coming into this. Yep. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's a property yeah. I'm like way too, way too big to not have at least, you know, the main three, Jack, Sally, and Boogie come in. Which if they don't do that on this next batch, that's a huge missed opportunity. Sure. But then part of me is also really hoping that we get a park expansion right 
the parks. So I want the hitchhiking ghost. I want the hat box ghost. The, mm-hmm. You could almost do an entire um, expansion with just the Haunted Mansion, but I'm oh, like yeah. wanting some of the characters from Pirates, some of the characters from, you know, the old 1950s Tomorrowland. I want a Tom Morrow. I want some other things. My number one, if we did a Parks or Super Classic Disney, I'm waiting for that Mr. Toad card. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was my favorite ride as a kid. Yeah. Um, and it'd be interesting yeah. to see, too, if they do like a park one, because games always make new kinds of cards and new different yeah. things. So you could even have like the rides as item cards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So also, this is my Rockstar Stitch. Rockstar <laughs> Stitch is so cool. Nice. So yeah. I do have a question. So yeah. um, given keeping it with just Disney properties, Disney specific properties, I'll even venture into Pixar for this. Years ago, not too many years ago, Disney had a property, uh, Disney Infinity, where yep. they, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, a fantastic game. It was open world, um, and they kept it originally just the Disney characters, and they kind of the Pixar characters. They expanded it to include Marvel and Star Wars and later iterations. Um, you could make them interact, which is where my question originally came from. For do you think that'll happen here? And honestly, I will be surprised if at some point they don't do that just because, you know, it's the cradle to the grave empire. They they like their money and they know that money, people will buy these. But given the interest that we've already seen in the game and how hard it is to find an unopened box of anything or an open pack of anything these days, and they know that they have a fan base, a very broad and diverse fan base, I find it difficult to think that they wouldn't at some point go, you know, we've got these other characters over here that could interact with them, but it's not mandatory, like you could do with the toy box in Infinity. But do you see this as a kind of a spiritual successor to Infinity, the way that you could level up characters, you could give them different abilities, you could have a character from movie or cartoon X interacting with you know, another character from a completely different movie or cartoon or even era? I don't know if it might because Marvel and Star Wars both actually have card games already. True. I don't we can think... even, like I said, we can even take we can even keep them out of it for this and just stick with the Disney characters from 1938 to today and the Pixar characters in that, you know, in the 1990s to now range as the core universe, the is the main as the 616 of the Disney universe, so to speak. Um, but do you see the way that the interactions between the characters and items, the different glimmers in this, um, the way that they interact in their environments um, as a kind of a next step in gaming from Infinity to this for Disney to just kind of go, here's a property. You can not just play Aladdin, for example. Uh, you could have you know Donald Duck and Aladdin going off in adventures, I guess, similar to kingdom hearts talking kingdom hearts yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, which i would love for there to be an expansion for but that's the other thing i definitely want a kingdom hearts expansion yeah. i just i don't think we're going to see it because squaresoft owns the rights of so much stuff they actually yeah. own the rights of the characters like sora and people they created for the game and then of course you're getting magic the gathering final fantasy in two years and that's going to bankrupt me first uh. of all um <laughs> but no interesting robert what you're talking about because magic does that right now they have what's called the universes beyond where they've got special cards that are released. So we just did Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. had a huge Lord of the Rings set uh, that's only legal in certain formats. Uh, they did a thing last year where 
every single pack had a Transformers card in it. So the actual like you know, Optimus Prime, Megatron, all that fun stuff. And then Doctor Who comes out next month. Okay, I have to ask, were the Transformers considered artifacts? Uh, they were vehicles. Okay. And I think the, the actual art, they might have been an artifact creature when they were their actual form, but... Um, and there's some stupidly powerful ones in there that are kicking everyone's butts. Uh, so maybe we could see something like with Orkana where their own version of the universe is beyond where you could have some cards that were separate or maybe they were a special insert in a pack where every pack has like maybe one Star Wars card or something like that where it's just like there's a small set. You can have some fun with them, but you're still having the main focus on the actual Disney characters mm-hmm. uh, or they could just do full sets. Who knows? I mean it's all licensed to print money <laughs> in the end of the day. So see Ravensburger's uh, Ra- Ravensburger. Yeah. Has Whatever already, it is. Yeah. <laughs> they've already done that kind of expansion with their villain set. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have played the villains games, but that's, they have Marvel expansions. They have star Wars expansions that you can add. So it is possible. I just hope it doesn't happen for me. It takes away a little bit of that, you know, classic disney magic if you toss in those properties with what we're doing but the other part is how long is it going to take before we get to that because one of the things i dislike right now some of the characters are already popping up way too much and adam you can correct me or whatever chime in scar has four cards i think scar has up to four cards aurora has like four cards some of these characters are just getting like maxed out really quick yeah where other characters have one card or it's like why didn't we pull either other characters from this movie like treasure planet i got one card from treasure planet <laughs> that john silver was my chase card i have one actually <laughs> well, i do that's i ended okay. up getting him that night my first booster pack i pulled him and so i'm like awesome that and the steamboat willie but i have a ton of steamboat willies now so what do you think about that, though, Adam? Like, do you feel that some of these characters are getting too many cards already? So, I yes and no. I, I there's a couple of things to think about. Is like one, yes, there's four different versions of Scar, or there's four different versions of Stitch. But the way the game plays is that it's meant to have you the shift, uh, yeah, the shift. Yep. So, for those who haven't played, basically, if you've got like a Stitch on the board and you have another Stitch that's very expensive, it may have the ability to pay less shift. You pay less, and then you can upgrade the, the stitch you have. So I think if you didn't have that ability, it might be a little bit overbearing. But also, their first set, the one they're going to come out with and just be like, hey, this is what we are, they're going to use those most popular characters. So you're going to yeah. probably see a greater number of your Elsas and your Stitches and Lilo and all those yeah, ones. Elsa has a ton of cards, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. and she's stupidly powerful, too. Um, well, I mean, she is the, you know, the, the ice region. Whatever she is at, at the end of uh, Frozen Two, Electric Boogaloo. No, oh, I'm so glad you made that joke because we do it on uh, Funny Books and Firewater like every single time there's a sequel. Uh, we actually uh, Brian did it at a panel at Comic Con last year. So I think yes, they are kind of overdoing some of the characters right now, but that's because these are the characters like ki- little kids are going to know Cinderella. Well, I, I actually Cinderella's not in it. Uh, they're going to know She's Mickey in Mouse, Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. But see Mickey Mouse. That's that's where I'm kind of weird because. I can understand the different versions of Mickey because we do have so many versions Versions of of the trope, you know, that's where I'm saying, okay, yeah, there's multiple versions of Mickey. There's multiple versions of Donald and Goofy. 
if and many and I'm a little shocked we didn't even get Daisy dropped in here yet. So yeah, I think we'll we'll see what the next one's like. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, variety. Uh, but I, I think the reason why for this one was they really just wanted to hit a home run with characters that people are going to know, even if there's multiple of them. Oh, Simba's another one. So, yeah, Lion King. Lion King's racking up the numbers because Simba oh, and yeah. Scar both. Outside of the plethora of cards that are available, how do you find the gameplay? Is it easy? Is it relatively easy to pick up? Is it one of these slight learning curves? Is it pretty much if you've played a similar kind of TCG, you could dive into it fairly easily um what kind of you know and how do you think it is for younger kids ty you said that you played against an eight-year-old recently you know does she seem to have any trouble any problems um picking up the game or no she was playing fairly well but that's what i'm saying like this so coming from someone who hasn't played a tcg in over 20 years this was the one that one the ip already had me right Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a Disney-branded game with the Disney guy here. So that had me in, and it was just – it was a fun, easy – because my wife's family does a lot of different card games and different things, and sometimes I'm not really, like, up for it because I'm like, oh, here's another new card game, and I'm kind of like, mm, do I need to know yeah. another one? But this one, I'm like, wow, I can pick it up real quick. It's – interactive it's fun to see what the characters can do how they interact with the other characters the items the song cards because i don't know about you adam but there has literally been games where i will be playing the song card and i'm just singing away with it and... <laughs> I, i've seen that at a couple uh a couple tournaments yes well not tournaments like but game nights, my yeah. my rafiki singing friends on the other side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It's a really simple gameplay coming from someone who hasn't done TCGs in a long time. And yeah, I feel like it's easier to pick up. And, you know, you and Adam have both played Magic. Colin, have you played Magic the Gathering? Yeah, so all of you guys. I, I played very little. I played like two rounds of Magic. So well, I wouldn't, so f- wouldn't call it necessarily playing. Well, but so like I, I played Pokemon, right? So that was okay. my base. That was, yeah, mine mine as well, but that's the thing. So, yeah, if you have played other TCGs, this is, I think you'll pick it up pretty quick. Even if you haven't, like I said, the gameplay is fairly easy enough. And the mobile app actually breaks down the game super well. Because um, I was I was trying to understand what my buddy was uh, trying to teach me. And I was like, I'm not picking up this inking thing right now for, for whatever reason. And so I downloaded the app really quick and just went through their tutorial. And I was like, oh, I got this. No, thanks. The app is amazing. Yeah. yeah it's they, available in both Apple and Android platforms. Yeah. And they, they do a really good job of this is, you know, again, coming from a magic background when I'm looking at the stack and triggers and all these kind of fun things that if you're looking at something and it doesn't make sense because you're overanalyzing much like Occam's razor, go for the simplest explanation because that's what's really right. Like I remember there was two interactions and I was going all over the place in my mind trying to figure it out. And they're like, well, what does card one say to do? It says, do this. Well, then what does this say to do? It says, do that. Then just do that. <laughs> so it's 99% of the time if, if you have, if you're playing it and it's being complicated, it's really not. You're just making it complicated. Yep. And then the wave of people coming into this community because that's obviously you have the Disney community. 
bringing them into the TCG realm. Last couple nights that I've done league night, we have had just the most diverse group of people show up and it's fun to sit and teach how to play, to learn the new mechanics of the game that you can build around because there are different strategies that you can play to and mixing the different ink colors. So kind of back to the gameplay, there's six different ink colors. Um, your deck can only contain two ink colors while you're in play. And that's, they can be, you know, where they have, so the one that I started playing with, the term aggro, I was playing a emerald and amber deck. So that's oh, yeah. Amber's yeah. crazy aggro. <laughs> so I was playing that for a little bit and I've done okay with it, but I've got a lot of steel and amethyst as well. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to set aside some of these and let's see how I do with a steel and amethyst desk. And I, I think I've built up a really good deck with it. So next few league nights, I think that's what I'm going to go in with but it's really fun you can change it up you can uh the starter decks come with two different inks mm -hmm. so robert you showed the one that had the ruby and emerald and then there's the steel and sapphire and then there's the amber and amethyst now you only need 60 card you need 60 cards minimal to play the game and so you can jump in you can start working with what two ink colors are you know working best for you and the fun part is you can base your decks off of you know the different disney things like the kid i was playing against she was playing a amethyst ruby deck but she was completely disney villains mm -hmm. yep okay yeah fun. That's cool. that was what she was basing it around yeah and that's and that's what's so cool is that well, all games at the end of the day it's about having fun and mm -hmm. doing what is interesting for you uh and this one is just it's very specifically themed to the fact that yeah you could do like you said ty like hey let's have a disney villain deck yeah you could do let's have a lion king and aladdin deck you can really make it whatever you want it to be uh which is very different from most other card games because you don't always have that freedom to i mean you can have a theme but disney ties up so well together because we're so familiar with the characters the and the movies yeah. the properties yeah and see, that's, I think, <laughs> the limits for, there, there's limitless possibilities for the accessories to this game, too. And that's some of the fun things that are coming out of this. I've seen some other creators and stuff working with things. Um, did you get one of the licensed play mats, Adam? Are you mm, I, I have of those? I have way too many play mats. So I, I'm like, I'm you probably to... <laughs> have a bunch of the magic ones, which I've seen, you know, a lot of the other magic players that are getting into the spring. Um but that's, I have never been into getting any of the extra accessories or anything for this stuff. And that's, I'm like, I've had way too much fun. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I nice. did the Haunted Mansion one right here, which is why I'm hoping I would 100% build a Nightmare Before Christmas and Mansion deck. <laughs> that would be my go-to every time. Yes. And then the one that just showed up in the mail. Oh, wow. Nice. Ooh, that's cool. Repping that epic Mickey. And then... What I kind of dawned on you guys before, I wanted something cool to hold my cards in, so I built my own Shepherd's Journal from Atlantis. That's so cool. That's awesome. God, you were not a Disney geek at all. No. But then even like even the dice that I found at the game store that I'm playing at are like purple, blue, and gold. They look like they're straight out of the Disney 100 collection. I'm just like, 
I'm having way too much fun with the accessories too, not just the game. So we were we were playing downtown, and I can't remember. There's that weird like MOBA Disney game. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like in a purple box. And one of the people we were playing against, she was fully cosplaying as Belle, and mm-hmm. fantastic Belle. And she had sleeves from that card that that game that she was using for her Lacana sleeves. And the moment everyone saw them, they sold out. I can't remember what they were, but they were just the most awesome sleeves. So if you want some really cool Disney themed sleeves, I think the ones they've put out. I don't think it's those ones, but those those are awesome. Sorcerer's um, Arena. Sorcerer's yeah. Arena. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't mm. that sleeve though. It was uh, but from the arena game. I think the sleeves are the weakest part of the accessories because I think there's better sleeves out I, there. Oh, I love this. I love these sleeves. Like no, I, no, those ones are fine. I meant the actual Lorcana ones. Like, I'm not. Oh yeah, those. yeah. So I have a couple from some trades. They're they're okay, but that's the thing. I think they could be doing a lot cooler accessories. That's even like so neck my next go-to for my lore counter, which the app has a really cool lore counter. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. You can do one player, two players, so you and another person can share. But I want to either not either, I'm gonna build both of them. The white rabbits pocket watch. I'm gonna have that built as a lore counter, and then I want to do Jack's compass as a lore counter. So I'm just saying there's a lot of cool stuff, and I've almost shown up that's because some of the league nights you get points for random Disney stuff too, and that's I've almost gone in my new Wally cosplay that I've been building for Fan X. <laughs> nice. So there's just a lot of fun community with this. It's not even just solely if you want to just go and collect open packs and try to build the base set. My shop's even the one I've been going to. You don't have to do the play gameplay to buy the extra decks. It's like a lot of people are just showing up. They sit with us, they open their cards, they look for trades, they are building their binder, and it's just a big, awesome community that it's started up. Yeah, although the one thing I will say out there is, obviously with the, the shortage of this, and they have, they have promised to reprint it, probably Q1 of next year, don't spend way over MSRP on this. I yeah. mean, like... If you it's go, a fun game. Yeah, but if you have like fun. Target, Walmart, Best Buy, they're charging an extra dollar a pack, but I've seen people out there charging... Because a booster box is $145, and some stores are selling it for, like, $300. Yeah. Um, it's a wow. fun game. It's really cool, but don't do not do that. Like, that's just, just encouraging. Anyways. Yeah, they're they're coming, what, within the next month we're going to have reprints? Uh, probably more 2014 or 2024. But they are they are releasing really oh. more product. I, I saw but... something that said reprints were happening in, like, October iffy it's again there's so much out there people unfortunately on, on like facebook and stuff some of the Lorcana pages and everything else there's a lot of people who like ty said they're new to tcgs they're just disney fans and so they're experiencing this whole thing for a first and they're the ones who are like if they see something on reddit they're like oh this is got you know the gospel truth it's like no no yeah. let me let's explain how this works so yep. i think we'll probably see some more next month i don't but the big reprint they're talking about won't be until next year like the first of 2024. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is, is they're not going to be like the ones that have come out right now. They're not marking it as like, Oh, these are the first edition, first release. It's going to be a straight print off. That's going to hold the same value. I believe that's to my knowledge. And then like Adam was saying earlier, we're getting rise of the floodborne, which is our second wave with all another 204 over 200 cards adding which is going to make the game mechanics 
even more fun, more ways to build your decks, different strategies and whatnot. That comes out to your LSGs, or sorry, LGSs in uh, November 17th, and then to big box stores December 1st. And aren't big, I know that some big box stores have had some uh, Lorcana cards. I know that uh, gaming stores were the first to get their the uh, yeah. initial wave. And then there was a delayed release for big box, which I think technically street date hasn't hit yet, but, you, but I've seen that some stores have had some out. I think that most of them start releasing either later this month or early next month uh, before the next wave of uh, cards comes out. What are your thoughts about the way that it was released of uh, supply versus demand? Because it seems like they are bloody well impossible to find, you know, at this point and the game has been out for maybe a month, if that long. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that surprised me is this is a Disney product, right? The name Disney yeah. is not lightweight. They basically put out the equivalent of what they would put out for Magic of the Gathering and and, and Pokemon cards. Like they should have easily gone through and probably doubled, tripled that. And they still would have made all their money. Fair. And I wonder if this is part of the effect that I was going with that circling back to Disney Infinity, where they put out certain characters because of licensing for those characters and horribly overprinted, and they wound up being peg warmers. And I'm wondering if there was a, a hesitancy based on we've done something that the company of Disney considered similar and, you know, it burned them. And I wonder if they were like, mm, maybe not that's, at that's first. That's a tough part because, like, this day and age, like, it's all about nostalgia too, right? Mm-hmm. And so that compared to, I mean, this says this if nothing else has like reactivated like old school Pokemon game card gamers, right? Yeah. That were immediately like, oh yeah, this is something I'm into. And I mean, it's going to stick around for a long time, obviously. And that it's Disney, so it's going to hold value. That's the other thing. A lot of people are saying that this card game probably isn't going to last out the next few years. And I'm like, I call BS. I am sorry. Like, like you said, Disney is not a lightweight thing to throw around. I mean, and correct me, Adam, if you think I'm just blowing smoke, like (laughs) I think this could easily become a top contender in TCG. I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the next few years because absolutely you put Disney's name on anything and it's going to sell like crazy. I think what happened was, is that you know, Ravensburger is still a smaller company. I mean, they're all over target, yeah. but if you're looking at however many millions of dollars, well, first of all, I would love to see what that contract between them and Disney looks like for this game. Like I would just love to sit down and just spend five years reading through the hundreds of pages <laughs> that I'm sure that is, uh, but you know Disney's not forking over any money to help pay for this. So from their standpoint, I mean, yes, you know, it's we know it's going to sell well. I'm sure they did too. But how much capital do they have to put up to print to this many the cards? Product, yeah, yeah. So uh, everyone's talking crap on them and saying, "Oh, well, they didn't know what they're doing." I'm like, "You're not a car. You're not a game company. Like, you don't know. You're not a business person. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah, I can tell like, you the same thing from running my own business. Yeah, sometimes money and putting product." Yeah, up front dealing with cash issue. flow is yeah 
no joke. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yes, they probably had to be more conservative for this first run, but everyone did it. I mean, we've talked about Magic a couple times. You look at the first run of Magic the Gathering when uh, Wizards of the Coast started it, they were super small and they sold out instantly. I remember I got into it because I was reading an article about how they sold out of the black border cards and all of these white ones. I'm like, what are they talking about? Every single game, like Pokemon, same thing. Pokemon's a huge name, started out small. And as they progressed and they learned and they got a better uh, grasp of what the fan base and sales are going to look like, that's when you kind of get into that rhythm of, hey, so now I know we're probably going to sell X million copies of this one. So we'll make this many. Oh, crap. We, we need to make more. Or like, you know what? This one wasn't popular. So it didn't didn't sell as well. But for your first time out, I mean, I, I don't have all the cards. I haven't had a crazy hard time finding them uh, because people who are waiting to go to like the Walmarts and the Targets and the GameStops, they should be supporting their local game stores. I mean, first and foremost, um, the ones who are being honest and not scalping. Um, and thankfully here in Salt Lake, I've only found one store doing that. So I've chosen not to shop there. But yeah, go to League Nights. You can join in. They'll have the starter decks there. I know most places, like you pay 10 bucks, and then at the end of it all, you get two packs. So it's even, you're getting two better friends deal. to do it. Yeah, better yeah. deal. Um, but... So it's not as crazy hard as you think it is, but if you're trying to go out there and just buy a 500 packs because you want to crack them all at once or you want to save them to flip them, don't be stupid and pay extra amounts for it. Uh, and don't do that. Just let, let people have fun playing the game. No, I think the people who are trying to flip it and just gain, yeah, go ahead and go spend the extra money. Go for it. <laughs> oh, they can do that. That's fine. We'll they have them do that out all there. day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the interesting thing that I love about these cards too, and I'm doing this as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't heard much with other card bases being able to do this. You have these cards. You have people going to Disneyland, getting the characters instead of their autograph books, they're signing the character cards. Mm -hmm. We had Thomas Estrada. He's a local artist around here. We've had him on Multiplane talking about the Emperor's New Groove that he worked on. I'm having him sign my Cusco and my Kronk card, and then I'm trying to pick up an extra John Silver because he worked on Treasure Planet, and then... Actually, my Atlantis box, I wanted him to sign the inside of the lid. And I'm like, because he's one of the animators. You can have the animators, the voice actors. It can turn into like collector memorabilia that's autographed. Tons of just fun things. Like I've even seen people yeah. turning them into pins, pressing them through. I've turned some of my packages into pins. There's, there's a lot you can do with these cards. Not just playing the game, but there's just a lot of fun stuff. And I don't know of any other trading cards that you have seen this kind of turnaround with i mean yeah technically you could probably find the voice actors of a pokemon card or whatever the trainers but it's what i don't see i see way more people now especially because you can pick these up at the parks having fun with kids and families in that way too and game mechanic question do you get any bonuses for using certain characters or character groups together or is it just pretty much you can put anybody with anybody and it's fair game at that point yeah there's definitely abilities like that like the one that comes to top of mind is the three musketeers mm-hmm. with a uh, goofy mickey and and um i think the other one's donald right yes and so there's there's tons of those that that'll play off that play off each other simba and lilo combo is a definite yeah. you know you can get a lot of lore real quick. Um, oh, say also... when, when you start because there's no hard limit. Well, there's 
there's like a card limit of 270 for how many you can put into a deck, right? It, well, no. you can have, yeah, four four of the same card in each deck. So you could technically have an 816 card deck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little so you got to be really careful when you are putting in cards because if you've got too many, there's it's going to be very, very difficult to be able to get those kind of like trio playoffs right? which has been one of my learning curves i've had to sit and i keep cutting my decks down because my brother who i have also dragged into this he has gotten really good at the game he has been practicing on pixelborn like every day he's just trying to become the best card player that he can and he's killing it and that's we'll go over and do casual play and then i'll just get smoked and i'm like man my deck is still too fat i have all these good cards that i could be pulling but it's so hard to be like do i want this or do i want this so i'm still trying to yeah. figure out the mechanics but i have fun even though i'm losing half the time yeah well, that's, that's my struggle too and i i have a hesitancy to not attack quick yeah which i find ends up destroying me in the end because then they're able to quest so much quicker. Yeah. So I guess the, from there, we should jump in. Uh, we're at about 50 minutes right now. Just a little bit on gameplay. So starting the game, give us a kind of a run through of how you run through a game to get your 20 lore. So basically, see who's going to start off first. Um. And that's, again, based off the different cards and mechanics. You either have some cards that you're gaining the advantage of the early game, mid-game, or you're coming in heavy at the end of the game and collecting all your lures. It just depends on the characters and how much they're gaining. But you start off by obviously inking a card, which you just... That's, that's the unique thing. So in Pokemon and Magic, you know, you have to have your other energy cards, and that's into consideration with, like, okay, how many... Do I put into my deck? How many are we setting up? Whereas in Lorcana, you kind of the same thing, but basically it's like, okay, I'm going to take this Jasper and I'm going to ink him. And then that turns into your energy. And you can do that with any one of the cards that has that extra fat little golden icon with it. Okay. Right. And then something like this right here that doesn't have that circle around it, you cannot ink that. So. Yeah. A little bit different on those ones okay. but i do love the fact that you have so much more control over your energy or your ink in this game uh because yeah building in old magic we call it your mana base that's the like that can make or break any deck and it's also the most expensive part of making a deck if you you know getting your lands is like stupidly expensive um but it's really really elegant in this in a way that like pokemon and magic um i don't play Yu-Gi-Oh, so i couldn't tell you what happened but it was a really unique and inventive way i think of doing it that way each each card on them specifies how much how much lore you can collect, that you yeah. get while you're while you're questing. So uh, I don't have my fancy cards with me here, but right <laughs> right here you've got where you know uh, Mickey Mouse Wizard version can can collect two while okay. he's questing. And then two, I was about to say two of my favorite emerald cards that you're just racking up that lore is. Uh, you guys have had it for me. So I've got my man Cusco and uh, Mad Hatter. These are my two favorite cards for my Emerald deck for, yeah. And basically, yeah, Cusco, you can't touch him. 
unless uh where is it yeah you want your character banished so it kind of pushes people to not attack you because if you take him out then you're losing your character as well mad hatter you touch him i get to draw a card every time you challenge him so there's different there's, dynamics and different things yeah and there's some cards that have like an evasive ability on them yep so that unless you are another evasive card you can't attack that so okay. you've also got to be careful in your deck that you've got enough evasive, evasive cards, cards to be able yeah. to combat someone that may just have like a full deck of just evasive cards unless you pull uh, yeah. that card that adam just had the fire the cannons and you use that to just take yeah. out everybody but and i also want to say that the the flavor text on the well not so much the flavor text but the names of the abilities are so cool like and it's really really so for instance uh with stitch you have ohana which means when you play this character, if you have two or more other characters in play, you draw two cards. So if you have your family there, you get to get an advantage. And, yeah. you know, it, it's really easy to have these different, you know, uh, abilities and different characters, but they do a really good job of, like, making, like you said, like the no touchy. Like, they yeah. really make it feel like you're playing with that character based on their movie, cartoon, or whatever uh, yep. counterpart. So. so you ink your character, you summon, summon your glimmer, and go a questing well you can't more. you can't quest it first so the first turn you put a character yeah. in play a glimmer has to try uh, the ink is still wet so you can't exert it to go uh challenge anyone or go on a quest until your next turn okay. unless you have rush unless you have rush with us so you attack your first turn yeah. what does yeah. canadian music group uh, do rafiki. With <laughs> <laughs> rafiki that's why i evil. love the rafiki cards so yeah. much it just goes out and it immediately attacks and it's glorious. <laughs> so real quick question. I know we're kind of getting close on time. What future properties would you guys want to see come into the next set or the next two sets, whatever down the road, classic Disney. I'll even include live action because I think they could animate <laughs> some of the live action characters from classic Disney stuff and make this fun. Oh, I want Tron, hundred percent. Yeah, I was going to go. I'm going to go a little bit older school and go uh, the Black Hole. Okay. Uh, the robots, man. The robots. Fair enough. No, but I want, and they've already done the Tron cartoon, so they can pull from that. But I just, yeah. I, I, so here's a fun story. So um, I was adopted. So when my brother Kevin was born, it was my mom's first time having the baby. And I'll never forget this till the day I die was my dad and I were in this living room watching the first Tron movie. My mom walks in with her suitcase. She's like, okay, I'm in labor. We need to go to the hospital. And my dad looks at her and says, can we finish the movie first? <laughs> Adam, you know how big of a Tron whore I am, right? I do not know. Cause I, oh my gosh, that's but, a whole um, other episode. Did you make it to my 40th anniversary panel last year? Um, I don't, rem I don't think so. No, I think it might've been when one of my panels was, was good. but, uh, so what's really funny too, is on Twitter, a buddy of mine, one of my fellow film critics on the Utah film critic association was asking for good movie scores to listen to. And like, number one, one was Tron. Like you, you gotta love, especially this Tron legacy. That's just got such an amazing score and soundtrack. So sorry, I digress. Okay. Black hole. Any others, Robert? <laughs> um, wow. I don't think you have enough to do in Pete's Dragon. That could be an interesting one. We have to have Elliot. But yeah, cool. Elliot at least, yes. 
have to have Elliot. That would be such a cool card. Oh my gosh. And his foil card, I would be like major chase after that. Uh, I think we could get some really cool cards from Encanto. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. The Bruno card. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think we don't talk about Bruno. Encanto, I think, is on Rise of the Floodborne uh, Rise of the Floodborne's list. I know they've only spoiled like what two or three cards. It's a small number. But as far as like their listing properties that were coming in, and I, I almost could have swore Encanto was one of them. Uh, my favorite of the the leak so far is uh, Sorcerer Winnie the Pooh. That Winnie the Pooh wizard, he is <laughs> ripped, so man. Cool. Like I, oh my gosh, that is the chase card. Yeah, he's literally just sitting on Floating a floating honeycomb yeah. with all these bees just floating around. The honey it. just. Yep. <sighs> so good. Winnie the Pooh, man. See, I kind of want to get Jim Cummings to sign my Tigger card at Con. Yeah. He but always comes. He's always there, right? I don't think so. Jim Cummings, I think this is his first time coming. Really? But I, I think <laughs> in, the long run, in the long run, though, the, the potential for this is really limitless because especially with the Floodborne and reimagining characters, like yeah. you said, Winnie the Pooh, Sorcerer, which is amazing. And they're going to keep on making Disney movies and properties. So I don't think you'll ever, ever run out of anything. Will this eventually get to the point where it's the same size as like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh? Maybe? I don't know. I, think I 100% think we can ride this. Okay, guys, let's see where we're at with Marvel. How long have they been making Marvel movies and they're going to keep making them? You're telling me we have a successful card game, but we're not going to sit and milk that for every dime they can get? <laughs> yep. Oh, no, I'm not saying that it's going to be – I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but are we going to and get to the point where we're seeing, like, tournament play at the level of, like, Magic and Pokemon? I like, almost hey, guarantee it. I will bet money on it. I, I would hope that they would have tournaments, like, in the park. And that'd be cool, yeah. What a good way to use the, the, cards in the park too. underwhelmed innovations building. It's a DVC lounge, but there's a lot that we could do with that, guys. Like, that could be – Mm-hmm. A big Lorcana Central. Well, even even uh, right by oh, what's that store? Uh, in in Tomorrowland, uh, there's that back area that they usually use for like overflow. Uh, oh, I know where that is. What yeah. used to be like the arcade? Yeah, or the theater that's right yep. there. We could totally have something based around Lorcana with that. And, it and here's fit. what you do: is the champion, the World Championship game of Lorcana, takes place in Club Thirty Three. <laughs> I've been sending in letters hoping one day to be let in. I think the plan was we're trying to go, dude. Disney Jake has the hookup. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I think we might try to go for my 33rd birthday next year because I told him, I'm like, hey, man, how cool would it be? You know, I'm turning 33. We go have right. lunch at Club 33. And I, he's That'd like, yeah, so let's make it cool. happen. See, I should have. So my buddy... uh Brian, he uh, he was a sound uh, designer for Disneyland, and pretty much, I mean, he's been gone for over a year now. But if you went and saw a show, he did all the, the sound for like Avengers Campus and stuff. So he's and it's cool because his NDA expired recently, so we can talk about things uh, in public. Like he actually he did a he did the Star Tours panel last year so, at Fanex. That was a ton of fun. I never thought about asking him about Club Thirty Three though. Oh, you were the, you you know you met him then? Yeah, I was on it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it was uh, again brain fog. You're good. All that fun stuff. I was in his wedding shortly after that too. I was like, in, I was, I was fun. But yeah, he's he's all his fun stories. 
that um, I've heard over the years because we've been friends forever. But uh, I never thought about mentioning Club 33. I guess it's never been a big deal for me for some reason. I see, mean, now we can see be? between the two of you who's the bigger Disney geek. That just goes to show. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'll ask you. I'll ask you what's unique about the statue of Walt Disney in the middle of Disneyland, right by the Enchanted Castle. The fact that they made it taller because he wanted it to be. Yep. Yeah. So if you change anything, what would you use? Like I would have been it's two height. inches taller, and it's yeah. two inches taller than he was. Gotcha, Tonight I learned. Listen to multiple podcast. Um, but let's finish <laughs> off because I feel like we're digressing here. Um, Robert, Wait, we are do you that gonna, on podcast. Tangent <laughs> button. Are you gonna open up this pack to give us the finale for this? To see this if pack yeah. right here, this yes. unopened booster pack. All right. Also, I do love the fact that all the commons, at least, you do get one of each color. It yeah. Was actually, yeah. unlike you know, Pokemon or Magic, where you're randomly, who knows what you're gonna get. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with my maleficent uh, covered booster pack, here we go. Also, I guess we're just not going to be able to. Darn. <laughs> if we can Sorry, guys. Get, bust. Wow. If we can get this company to help do the Magic the Gathering foils so they don't Pringle, that'd be so awesome. Yes. Just that right. SMR of the package open. Yeah, right. The uh, Locarna you know, trading card game information with a, what I think is the. Oh, uh, stop teasing one us. Of stop teasing pieces. us, Robert. What? Would I do that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> so there is a genie and Aurora, Sergeant Tibbs. Oh, I love Sergeant Tibbs. I've got so many Sergeant Tibbs. <laughs> stitch. Nice. That is one of the best. That's the one drop stitch, isn't it? Or yeah. Is it the two drop? It is the one. Uh, new it's dog. a one drop. I will take. Yes, one one drop. Yes. Such a good one drop. Yzma. Pull the leather. Prince Eric, Kronk, uh, an action card, cut to the chase, uh, Olaf, Maui. Nice. Right, right, right. <laughs> Hades. I love that card. It's such a good card. And Ariel. Nice. Foil Ariel. All Ooh, right. Nice. Okay. That's the that's the one with the voiceless, right? Voiceless, yeah. yeah. I've managed somehow to pull three foil whole new worlds. I'm not sure how I did that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Score. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. And then I uh, also got a foil Maleficent Monstrous Dragon. No, like what? Very... So here's here's my thing is I'm we always joke my mutant power is uh, uh, what's the word? Probability. Because if I pick a PAX or if I pick a box to buy, like you always get the most amazing cards in it. And then also it works for Disney rides. If I choose what ride to go on at Disneyland, it'll be a short line. And it works with restaurants. So I'm like, hey, let's go to Pretty Bird and let's get food. We'll go in, no line. We'll sit down, line out the door. So if you want good good magic, Lakana, Pokemon cards, you just have me pick the boxes for you. I don't so know. My oldest brother-in-law. My oldest brother-in-law, <laughs> his second booster pack, pulled the Enchanted Maui. I have not pulled any Enchanted, so that and is... I was really. Wasn't it uh, Val's husband Dave that pulled Dave. a Frozen Elsa? Yeah, like, yeah. first pack. But what the heck? First pack he opens, Frozen Elsa. And I already, well, said, I'm like, Dave would be the one to do that. Yeah, 
Of course. Well, what's and again, Dave's actually one of my good friends too. We play magic all the time, and we met randomly where I saw my partner was getting a tattoo, and in his tattoo shop, I saw pictures of Val everywhere. I'm like, "How do you know Val?" He's like, "She's my wife." I'm like, "Oh, I've known Val forever. Like, we do the Utah film critic thing." She's like, "Oh my god!" So I start texting her right away. Um, but That's yeah, awesome. we, we're Dave's awesome too. So hi, Dave. Welcome to Small to Lake City. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that, I guess we will wrap up. Um, thank you very much to Ty and Adam for joining us, for talking us through a, a bit about Lorcana. Um, keep an eye on your local gaming stores, comic shops, uh, and soon your local big box retailers to get in on the fun and uh, join the experience of becoming an Illumineer and seeking out and saving lore for Disney Lorcana. Ty and Adam, please let everybody know where they can find you online. Oh, uh, so you can <laughs> – I didn't know who was going to go first in this. Uh, you can find me a couple different places. Uh, I am the f- uh, film reviewer, uh, movie critic for Big Shiny Robot, also uh, co-host of the Big Movie Mouth Off podcast. Uh, we've been a little bit of hiatus, but also uh, co-host of Funny Books and Firewater, which our friend Brian, who was on the panel with you, Ty, he is the host of that. So um, awesome. that's the main places you'll find me. You can also find me at Demolition Games Judging Match Tournaments. So Cool. Well, I'm Ty. You can find me. I'm the co-host of Multiplane Podcast, where we talk everything Disney. So this was really fun. (laughs) And that's why this game is really fun to me. Um, You can find us wherever you've listened to podcasts at Multiplane Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, where we have a lot of fun content. Again, just look up Multiplane. I'm on there putting up stuff about Lorcana. I do a lot of really random stuff. We have also kind of been on a hiatus. Me and Val get super busy during the summertime. And Jake has also been busy, Disney Jake. But we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, if you see us at FanX, please run to me. I love meeting you guys that listen. Love to get a picture with you guys and kind of glorify you on our page. And, yeah. Just saying, and also, speaking of which, Ty is... Uh slightly into cosplay so what can they what can slightly. they find how can they find you at fanex this year just look for the giant humanoid wally all right you cannot miss me it looks there so we go cool. colin anything that you have to add or i got nothing to add you know my facebook was taken over by some naughty people and so oh, I, no I feel disconnected from the world it's weird but somehow also much more calm i'm sure much more calm. Did you get it back yet, or no? Not yet. Oh, it's it's a whole thing. Because we've been like, so we we have our our video game panel uh, movie adaptation. And I've been talking in there, and I was like, well, I guess Colin's dead to us right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be why. <laughs> All right, and not uh, ignoring it, anyone. <laughs> so he says, "Long um, live Tom Holland." <laughs> And once again, uh, in Salt Lake, it will be at FanX this week. Take a look for all of us. I um, think that see, we have the humanoid Wally who will be there. I will be going as uh, Varsity Jen, John Stewart, uh, Nick Fury, and Captain Benjamin Sisko. So if you see me, please feel free to come up, say hi, get a picture. Love to meet people as well. And uh, until next time, Mr. Colin, take us out. Bye.
This has been an Age of Geek media production.